Okay, so, um, kicking off this episode with a very important announcement. Uh, Pokemon Masters EX has finally, after like four years, added a new version of Eevee. Yeah, Incidentally, yeah, yeah. it's also the first time I've spent money on this stupid fucking game in four years. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I only had to spend about a third as much to get this version. But yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, they do the gotcha thing of you know seasonal outfits. Usually, there's like a summer, you know, a, it, it's always in pairs. There's like a pair for summer outfits, and then there'll be like Halloween, Christmas. They've done Easter at least once, um, but usually there's, there's like a Halloween pair and a Christmas and whatever, and the Halloween one usually has at least one ghost trainer, um, so, yeah, so Phoebe finally got one this time, she is paired with Kofagrigus, the, uh, sarcophagus Pokemon, so she's got kind of an Egyptian mummy-styled outfit, um, I mean, it's, it's got like a little bit of mummy wrapping to it, but it's mostly more like... Egyptian Cleopatra-ish, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's colored based on Kofagrigus, so the, there's a lot of black, because of the, the arms, so it almost looks more like Tharja, in a way, but. Yeah, it's, it's like a mix between, like a, a Japanese festival garment and like a Egyptian, uh, style thing. It's... Yeah, like she's got mummy wraps, but they're like tied in a bow in the front, like a festival outfit. Yeah, and then it's flowers cool, because she always has flowers, yeah. except they're Kofagrigus colored this time. She lost her ears in a, a weird ghost incident, so she wears the flowers. Yeah, no, so I she mean, can hear. Like in in the four years of this game she, like she she's been there from the start she shows up in the like regional battle rotation that they have this thing where you know like every four days or so they change which region you're battling against and she's the representative for Hoenn um but for like story like she was there in the first arc as just one of the trio of ghost trainers with Agatha and Acerola and then there was an April Fool's thing once where it was, the theme was, like, weird characters, and she was there as, like, yeah, I talk to ghosts, and everybody thinks that's weird. Um, and then, yeah, the story they did for this Halloween thing, so it it's her and Roxanne, I guess because she's from the same region, I, I, guess, I don't know. Because they did Kofagrigus and Runarigus, the, um... Uh, it it's the ghost rock. Yeah, it, it's a ghost rock. It's like a cave drawing, except it's a ghost. Um, and it's you know like a a bunch of pieces of rock all floating together. So I guess yeah. because they wanted that pair, and Roxanne is also from Hoenn and likes rocks, they they just dressed her up as a cute witch and said, "Hey, you can pair up with this one," because. Um, Story-wise, it's like a, a new museum of gems and rocks and stuff has opened in, <laughs> on Pasio. It's all all the rare gemstones owned by King Lear, and uh, so Roxanne goes to check it out. And also, you know, I, I think like they, they say like oh, we've heard like uh, the sound of a girl crying in there, and we want you to go check it out. It seems like there's a a ghost or something. Um, 
And then, so Phoebe is also there because they need a gut, an expert in ghosts. And then, um, they find a little preschool girl there crying because she, her friend, she lost her friends or something. And they're like, okay, we'll help you find your, you, know, you, you can follow us around. And then they find Cofagregus and Renegregus and she's like, oh, these, these are my friends. Uh, they want to be sync pairs, but they won't be sync pairs with me. So will you be their sync pairs? And then. So yeah, so Phoebe teams up with Kofagrigus and uh, Roxanne is persuaded to look past Runarigus being a ghost and that it's also a cool rock. So she teams up with the rock. Um, and and then and then everybody's like, Yay, we you know, made new friends. Uh, anyway, where did that little girl go? And um, she's gone. And then after everybody else leaves, then Phoebe's, you know, Phoebe can still see her because Phoebe can see and talk to ghosts that no one else can see. And she's like, yeah, I, know. I, I, I knew you were a ghost. Actually, when, when they first find the girl, it's like everybody's talking to her like, oh, are you lost? Are you scared? What's wrong? And Phoebe's just standing there staring at her and just says dot, 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 dot. Because she knows the entire time that this kid is a ghost. Phoebe um, just leans in. I know what you are. <laughs> I know what you did. <laughs> last summer <laughs> yeah. yeah no she knows that this, this is like a ghost girl who's you know trying to find friends for these other ghosts that she's friends with yeah, and she's like yep we're, you're all good you can pass on I don't know she, she like waves goodbye as the ghost girl flies away that's and, sweet yeah. that little girl died yeah yeah, well, yeah, I, I get, I mean, cause even like the Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, they did that thing of when you go into Phoebe's, uh, room on, uh, the Elite Four, there's just a ghost girl behind her. It just, just like shows up and then disappears. And it's one of those things that they just do in Pokemon games to be creepy. But also it's yeah, just kind of silly. I think it's Gen 4. There's like a haunted chateau or something. Yeah. Like yeah, there's just yeah, a ghost girl just randomly shows up. Yeah, this is there's a couple of them where there's just like a haunted yeah. house section. It's like always a, a ghost girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's never like you know, the <laughs> that, one crawling out of a TV with long wet hair or anything. It's it's always yeah. just like a little kid. That this misogynist. He doesn't he doesn't bring any of the women to the afterlife. Mm. No, he's only into the boys. <laughs> he just he just brings all the guys, all the dead guys, back for like a poker night. Yeah. Okay, Pokemon Death. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a character. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Happy well, Pokemon Death. Yeah. This. this you know, there's what Darkrai, there's uh, Giratina. You know, there's all yeah. kinds of embodiments of death or the devil. Well, yeah, Giratina's just like Satan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I think Darkrai is supposed to be like the Grim Reaper or something, or yeah. like a nightmare monster. That makes sense. Um, I prefer Deoxys, who's just like a weird alien guy. Well, yeah, yeah, he's like an alien parasite that came to Earth on a meteor. Yeah. That uh, you thing. had to fly up into space to punch on your, your dragon mount to 
prevent counter earth from being destroyed by the meteor. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, do you think there's how many fanfics do you think there are with uh, Deoxys as the thing? Uh, don't know. I haven't looked into that. But when you did your Pokemon playthrough, you didn't do the remakes, so you didn't get to see the Delta episode of Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. No. I did just revive that thread, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after <laughs> a year, I, I it's, do a Nuzlocke. it's come back because Disney movies yeah. got boring. And you haven't finished them. Well, yet. I'm getting... You're on the cusp getting, of the Dark Ages. Yeah, it's like, I'm getting the Brother Bear. Yeah. <laughs> And we're, it's like, like it's October. I, I might just take a break and watch some scary movies, um, mm. and then get to the really scary stuff, which is mediocre Disney movies. Yeah, I I have a collection of spoopy movies that I've been meaning to watch, and I just never get around to it. Although I did watch two new ones in the last two weeks. I, I was going to watch Friday the 13th um, yesterday mm. because, hey, guess what? We're, we're recording this on Saturday the 14th. Yeah, um, But then I saw I saw the new Star Kid musical uh, hit YouTube, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch that instead. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch that hopefully this afternoon. Like, I I'd set a reminder for it, and then I ended up... Like, watching other stuff, and I forgot, and by the time I noticed, it was bedtime. Okay, when you when you see a really weird part that doesn't seem like it makes sense, it's from Black Friday. Okay. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll know it when it happens, I guarantee it. So this one's doing the same thing Black Friday did with yeah. guy who didn't like musicals? Yeah, it's, I uh, guess it's so the Hatchfield horror uh theatric universe hmm. uh, where yeah it, it's it's a pseudo sequel yeah like uh hatchet field just exists as a horror anthology setting hmm. so yeah um i could talk about that but you haven't seen it yet so i don't want to yeah i mean i get you know we still have one more episode before halloween so, I guess, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that we can talk about that on the next one. Yeah. Maybe I'll probably try to watch, watch a bunch of Halloween-type stuff for that one or something. Yeah. We'll need to put a list together. Or just ask people for suggestions, I guess. Mm. Suggestions to ignore. <laughs> suggestions we ignore because we see it and we're like nah <laughs> yeah because if i don't already have it in my collection or if i you know, if i can get it for free then maybe but otherwise i'm not going out of my way to watch anything yeah i mean i what's that horror streaming um horror streaming service that i forget um ah shit yeah it's based on the uh the scream is it scream factory do they have one or no it's not that's not the one um, i don't remember i mean i'm i could probably google it and find it but i wonder if they have uh shutter you know, anything that would be fun shutter, shutter, right. shutter yeah yeah 
I mean, I know that that's where Mad God debuted before eventually getting a DVD release. I don't know what yeah. other kind of... I don't watch enough horror to really make use of it. I prefer the yeah. cheesier stuff anyway. Yeah, like... Uh, horror never really affects me like it... Like I feel like it should. Hmm. Um, like when I watch a horror movie, it, yeah, it's either like... Like, I like the the really late Friday the thir- 13th movies where they're just really stupid. Hmm. Uh, and they're, they're basically comedies at that point. Like, um, what, Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X? Yeah. Where, yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's just, like, bumping cops' heads into each other and they die. <laughs> um, or, like, killing, like, hologram um, naked girls in a sleeping bag. Yeah, I think I've seen Freddy vs. Jason, but I haven't seen a regular Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. The first Friday the 13th is pretty good. Although that one, I mean, Jason's not really the killer, except for not really. you know, some weird fake-out thing at the end. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, he might not even get the hockey mask until, like, the third one, I don't remember. Yeah, no. I mean, because I've seen, like, people talk about them. Like, the Saw movies are interesting to hear people talk about them, but like, I've seen the first one, and I oh, I just, I don't care about, I don't really want to watch people be tortured to death, typically. Um, the first the first Saw movie is really good. All the other ones suck, and mm. <laughs> that's a hill I will die on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I was trying... Like I, you know, with all the horror movies coming out, one of the people in my magic group who we also go to see movies uh, is a horror buff, and he was like, "Hey, do you want to see the new Saw?" And I'm like, "Eh, I don't know," because I feel like horror movies. I prefer to watch them at home in case I ever feel like I want to shut it off. But I couldn't. I was trying to think if there's like any like real reason or rule behind why I like some and don't like others, and I think it's just whatever mood I'm in that day. Like, some days, watching people being murdered makes me feel bad about them, and other times, it, you know, I, 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 it doesn't affect me. And maybe it depends if the movies are sillier or not, but it's just, it's hard to say. There isn't really a, a solid rule behind why one thing will bother me and another one won't. For me, personally, it's like, I can watch The Exorcist. And oh yeah, I've seen the first Exorcist. Egg. I thought it was funny, <laughs> <laughs> mostly because I, you know, I've I've grown up on all the, you know, you've seen like, I think Shrek did like a parody thing of it once, you know, I've seen like the, all all them like memes the, and parodies. So then when I'm watching the movie, I'm it, it I can't really take it seriously. And there's just oh. a little girl like your mother sucks cocks in hell. And crawling around on the ceiling and vomiting and it's just it, it, it I couldn't take it seriously. See, I can I can take Exorcist at face value, and I'm like, this is really fucking well made, and mm. I like it. I and mean, I think like probably can, like the character drama of like the priest and the mother and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I can take seriously, but the the scary girl, it just is just silly. Yeah. It's also been like fifty years. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I can watch The Exorcist and get a lot out of it. But that's also just like 
you know, the top rated horror movie of all time. Um, mm. But, but you know, like I watched something like The Grudge and I'm just like, okay, like the, the growling kid, <laughs> it's just kind of funny because he, he doesn't really do anything. He just kind of teleports and growls. Then there's the weird, like, uh, Pokemon ghost girl <laughs> who's just covered in hair. Mm. It's like, oh, she's kind of freaky. Like, if I saw this when I was 12, I'd probably probably be scared, but I'm 30. Uh, so, like, what yeah. am I getting out of this? Yeah. Like, I, I, I think I'm too grounded to really get into horror for the horror. It's mostly just for, like, the characters and filmmaking, I guess. Yeah, like, I think um, when horror upsets me, it's usually more because it's e either the characters are just horrible assholes, or, um, or, I don't know, just, just imagining the idea of dying in that way can kind of yeah. mess with me, but... I really like Event Horizon, too. Yeah, 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 yeah that, I, that, I, I like that. That's kind of in the middle. Like, I like the first two Hellraisers, but from what I've read about the others, I don't see any reason to watch them. Yeah. Although, I was reminded, listening to today's Flophouse episode, there was, uh, there was that reboot Hellraiser. I don't know when that came out or what it's on, but, I mean, it sounds interesting. Yeah, I don't know much about Hellraiser at all. It never really interested me that much. Uh, <laughs> just by the look of it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, like a lot of the horror movies, it's it got popular over something that wasn't really that big of an element of the first movie. You know, kind of like with Friday the 13th, how the first one was about Jason's mom, spoilers for a 40-year-old movie, um, that J Jason died because the camp counselors were too busy fucking to notice that he was drowning. Uh, and so his mother, you know, using his ghost as, like, a guise or whatever, is murdering horny camp counselors. Um, and then his zombie pops up out of the lake at the end or something. Um, and then the rest of the movies are all about Jason, and for some reason he's got a hockey mask and a machete, and, and that became what it was about. Um, Hellraiser, yeah. everybody knows it for Pinhead, and Pinhead was there in the first movie, but the it was like, there's this guy who solves a puzzle box and it opens a gateway to this other dimension where Pinhead and friends torture him to death and, like, rip his skin off his body and everything. Um, and his girlfriend or ex-wife or something, I don't know, was woman who was into him starts, like, bringing guys home to, like, murder and offer them to some evil something to basically bring him back to life by like creating a new body from parts of other bodies or something and then her daughter comes home and finds out about this and there's it's more about these people and the pin raiser hell demon shit is just a, a weird background element of it and like the second movie gets into it a little bit more but it wasn't really the focus of the first one. It's just the thing the series became because it was the most interesting aspect of it, I guess. Even and though it wasn't the Jack one that Sparrow. had the actual story to it. 
Yeah. And then they try to, you know, give Pinhead a backstory and it just makes him worse as a character because it's like, oh, he, he was just a dude who, like, died in World War One or something after opening the puzzle box. Yeah, at, at least with Freddy Krueger, like, he was always, like... Yeah, him being first a one, campy nightmare villain was the focus of the first one. Yeah, like... It like was, Michael Myers in Halloween was always the focus of Halloween, except for Halloween three when they tried to make it an anthology. Yeah, it that's kind of a hard thing to do after the second movie. Yeah, after like, you've if, done two movies do on the same the character, and then you're like, and now we're going to do a spinoff that has no connection. Yeah. It's like Halloween, Halloween two, Halloween subtitle. Hmm. It's, it's like hey. <laughs> Nobody knows what you're doing. Um, yeah, it horror just kind of sucks because most franchises just get dramatically worse um, very quickly. Mm. Uh, like like Friday the Thirteenth, like the first one is good, and pretty much all the other ones are it. Yeah, and like any uh, of the ones that started in the eighties are, you know, in the era of no budget sequels, where yeah, like if it's popular, they'll greenlight a sequel, but they won't like put, they'll put even less effort into it because it's just like a cash in. Yeah, it's like the Disney straight to DVD kind of thing. Yeah, and then you got stuff like what is it, Puppet Master, which mm. starts off low budget and just stays that way. For like 18 movies. Yeah. I almost... I, I saw that one on Amazon uh, like a week or two ago. And I thought about watching it. Um, I also... F- f- just because it was there. Started watching... Like I watched like part of Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. <laughs> because... The, Why? It, it was there. But also it's... <laughs> it... So much of that movie, I, 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 and then I watched like one of the Evil Bong movies, and so much of those movies are just them reusing footage from the previous one, you know, almost Family Guy style. Like, hey, remember when this happened? And then they flash back and show just footage from the previous movie. Of yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I watched one of the Evil Bongs because I saw it had topless ladies in it, and I'm like, sure. There's better movie, movies with topless ladies in I it. I know, but but are they free on Amazon Prime? <laughs> and maybe. maybe I don't know. I haven't looked. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of trash on there, so probably. I remember when Netflix was young. Uh, it, you and like, Netflix had so much it, fun. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 oh. When Netflix streaming was young, and they they just had a bunch of like low budget, uh, you know, schlocky crap on it yeah. that they just recommended to you all the time, and I watched it, and like half of it was was just like softcore porn. Yeah, uh, be, because they probably paid like ten dollars for the licensing. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, watching crappy horror movies on Prime Video is how I discovered Karis Hell, the movie about the murderous <laughs> carousel horse. That's a terrible but movie, is, but it's kind of funny. What is the stupidest um, killer? 
Uh, that, I mean, that we can think for, of. For ones that I've seen movies, let's see, there's Carousel, which is about the killer carousel horse. There is a killer sofa movie. Um, there's, uh, oh, Deathbed, the bed that eats. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying to, what's the one, the, the raptor pastor? Um, there's like a, a pastor who turns Velocipaster, yeah, yeah, he, he turns into a dinosaur. Um, and I think that one was a horror movie. I don't know. It was almost kind of not really a horror movie. Which movie is it where the guy screams out, "I kick ass for the Lord"? Uh, it might be that one. I'm not sure. I it's I don't been think a few it years is. since I watched it. Yeah, it, it it could be for all I know. I don't think it is though. Yeah. Uh. Um. Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, and the and there's a ginger dead man who's yeah, you know, a stop. I don't know if it's stop motion or just puppetry. Gingerbread man it might just be a puppet. Um, evil bong is one about a a bong with a face, and people smoke it, and then they die from I, the weed being too strong or something? I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll have to THC what it does. I mean, that, that they've, they're, they're no budget movies and they've done like ten of them. Yeah. So when they did the sixth one, it was Jin, or Evil Bong 666. And then the seventh one was Evil Bong 777. And then the eighth one was <laughs> Evil Bong 888. <laughs> because they just, just a, they just completely gave up on title conventions at that point. That's just the worst version of the Naked Gun <laughs> sequel yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't even be bothered to be like thirty three and a third. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. Trying to think. See, like I, I don't, I don't seek out horror that often, so I don't, uh, I don't even know a lot of them. Mm. All I can think of is like fucking Birdemic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That that one's a famously bad movie. That I guess it's kind of a low budget version of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Yeah. Like, it's trying to be The Birds, but they had like, you know, like camera app uh, type effects of just oh, you put this gif of a bird on top of a scene. Yeah. And this gif of an explosion. Yeah. Have you have you ever seen the birds? Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, that one. I I watched it in college. Uh, one of the classes I took, we read like short stories and then watched the movies that were made based on them. So I've read the original story really, of the birds and also watched the movie The Birds. I don't think it really holds up for modern audiences. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I mean it's. You know, like, the the whole idea was to try to take, you know, something innocuous and make it scary. And, yeah. you know, so, you know, it's trying to take seriously the idea that, like, oh, if all the birds in the world decided to just say fuck humanity and, like, dive-bombed gas stations and stuff, then we'd be fucked because there's so many more of them than there are of us. Um, and it's kind of like a climate change uh horror movie because you know the birds are all going crazy because something climate happening is causing them to all go nuts yeah but it's you know, just they, a least they keep it a little ambiguous because 
uh, you know, the less you explain, the scarier it is. It's a less dumb version of the happening. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the happening was probably Shyamalan's attempt to do the birds, and then he's just like, "Oh well, it's pollen from flowers, and it makes people lie down in front of their lawnmowers and die." I, I wish I could believe that Shyamalan intentionally made that a comedy, but mm. I can't. No, nah. <laughs> because it's. <laughs> Has he ever done? I don't think he's ever done a movie that's like intentionally a comedy I don't think so like but they're, I they're also all either haven't. drama or horror or Last Airbender <laughs> yeah whatever genre that is yeah that's uh, you know, attempting to recreate a cartoon that he liked and doing it very badly there was that one with like the old people that people like Tried to... Uh, old, the beach that makes you old? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't remember what it was, but it's like... Uh, kids staying at their senile grandparents' house, and they're, like, murderous, murderously senile. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that like, is. There were people that tried to explain it away as... Like, being a comedy, I think. I, I don't remember well. Hmm. Um, no, like I know I, I Sixth Sense, Village, The Unbreakable Trilogy, um, The Beach That Makes You Old. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Sixth Sense, and you know that was you know before he went off a cliff, so you know, it was yeah. good, I think. That was before he liked the smell of his own farts. Yeah. Yeah, it was before signs, and it's like, well, I yeah. guess all of these need to have a twist now, even when it doesn't make sense. Yeah, as dumb as signs is, half of the movie's pretty good. Mm. Um, like the the ending, like the the twist part of it is dumb as hell, mm. but like the the suspense part of it is decent. Um, like yeah, the characters are. Like really dumb and off-putting, but like I, I think the actual suspense parts actually work in that movie. Hmm. Just not much else. <laughs> Which reminds me, I should watch Scary Movie Three again. I I love Scary Movie Three. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually I watch three and four every year in October because they, they had the airplane guy, one one of the airplane guys, um, yeah, direct it. Is Leslie Nielsen in just the fourth one, or is he in the third he's in one, too? Yeah, he's, he's introduced as the president in the third one. Yeah, And then, and he, then comes he, back he has an expanded one. role in the fourth one. Yeah, the fourth right? one is where he reads the story to children <laughs> about you know the <laughs> world being destroyed or something. Yeah. Now, the third one is he, he shows up when you know the aliens are there, um, and he can pee out of his finger like the aliens do. Because the, the aliens start peeing out of their fingers, and he's like, oh, we're not so different after all, and he holds up his hand and pees out of his finger. Scary Movie 3 has, like, maybe my favorite visual gag of all time, where he, like, he's got a shovel. Like, like they, all they've got is shovels to defend themselves. Mm. 
He's just walking around oh, and he yeah, talks to shovel. Shovel, yeah. <laughs> like a shit shotgun shell flies out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to watch it. Yeah. Like I, I, mean, I feel like, like half like the of the first it and second scary sucks, movies are also. Uh, I think three and four are hold up, just because like the yeah. style of humor. You know that 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 kind of gag, or they can do like like some subtle gags, or just like unexpected yeah. type gags. Um, you know, and I think like scary movie one and two are also all right. Um, I couldn't get through five. I, I started five once, and it was just it was bad. I didn't even try watching five because I saw the trailer and I was like, I've seen every one of these jokes <laughs> in another movie. Yeah. Like, like directly, um, just like stealing jokes and putting them in the trailer. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first scary movie is all right. I, th- I don't really like the second one. Like, I, I think the second one is. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. Um, the the third one is great, and the fourth one is not as great, but still. Yeah, it, it has still a got, lot of good moments. Yeah, it's got good gags. It doesn't hold together as well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's watch Scary Movie Three. That's on oh, the list. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely watching three and four. Okay. Yeah, I have those on DVD, uh, so I don't even have to check to see if they're free on on anything right now. Nice. No. Let's see. So we've got two comedies on the, on the list. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, I mean, because usually in October, I, I mean, I my box of DVDs is up on a shelf, so I can't see which ones I have, but... Um, let's see, I usually watch, uh, what's that, um, Mouth of Madness. I usually watch Mouth of Madness, uh, at least once. Um, I know I have Event Horizon in there. I haven't seen The Thing in a while, I know it's, it's good, it's a little slow. Um. Yeah. I... I love the thing. It's one of my favorite movies in general. Mm. Yeah, I saw a thing. Like, uh, John Carpenter, I guess somebody asked him about that. There's like a theory from like the guy who did the lighting on the movie, who said like, "Oh, every time the thing is lit, uh, there's like a reflection in the eyes, and that's how you know that at the end, Childs is the thing because his eyes have this like reflection in them." And so someone asked John Carpenter about that, and he's like, lighting guy doesn't know shit, he just does the lights. Only I know who's the the thing and who's not the thing, and no, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, I I mean, come on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see John Carpenter say that, though. Yeah. Like, like, it's... Like precisely as you worded it, like the lighting guy doesn't know shit. I mean, I'm I'm gonna see if that article is still uh, recent enough that I can just pull it up and read what he said. Hey, there it is. Carpenter disses the thing ending theory. 
Okay, what's his quote? Yeah. I mean, that that's that's the point, right? Like, if you know... Mm. Well, yeah, like, the, the ambiguity the is has the less point. meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there, there isn't an answer and there shouldn't be an answer. And people just want an answer because that's where you get fan theories. Um, yeah. Okay. In yeah, a the, new the inter- ambiguity helps you buy into the, the paranoia yeah. of, of the whole situation. Yeah, yeah, the whole point is, yeah, you don't know. Um, like right. It could be anyone. Or it could be no one. They could all just be at each other's throats and the, the thing burned up. Who knows? Um, yeah. Okay, in a new interview with comicbook.com while promoting his new true crime horror anthology, John Carpenter's Suburban Screams, Carpenter himself shoots down the theory. Um, and this is Cundy, who is the cinematographer. Uh, uh, quote, He has no clue. Yes, I know. I know who's the thing and who's not in the very end. Cundy doesn't know. He has no idea. He put the lights up. He puts the lights up and we were in the snow. He has no clue. You tell him that. Tell him he's full of shit. <laughs> so, uh, and then, let's see, um, when asked if he would share, he says, nope, cannot tell you, sorry. Uh. So, I mean, I take that to mean the answer is there is no answer. <laughs> he's just, right. you know, shooting on the idea that there is one. But also messing with people by saying well yeah there's an answer i know the answer yeah and you're not allowed John to know like he, he's been answering these questions for 50 fucking years like yeah. he's not gonna get thrown off now <laughs> yeah i mean because last i heard like he did that movie ghosts of mars in the early 2000s and it was garbage and then after that he's like i don't want to make movies anymore i'm tired i just want to sit at home and watch basketball and play video games and he's, you know, getting royalties on him. his movies, and it's like, yeah, good for him. Yeah, if, you know, he, he doesn't want to, you know, you can see in a lot of his movies in the 90s, they weren't as good as the 80s ones. Except for In the Mouth of Madness. I'd say that, like, that one's very good. But, like, the Escape from L.A. is bad. Yeah, I don't know, his, his 90s stuff just isn't isn't as good as his 80s stuff. And Ghost of Mars was like, uh- terrible. Imagine you're playing Call of Duty and you get headshot from across the map and it's the guy who made Assault on Precinct 13. Mm. We're just going to let that one sit, right? Yeah. (laughs) I haven't seen that one, so I don't know if there's more to the joke beyond it being a classic movie. No. It it kind of falls into... Like, have you ever seen uh, The Warriors? Mm. I think... I've seen the clip of Warriors come out to play, but that's all I know about that one. Okay, it, it, it's it's similar in tone to that, where like there's just this unbelievable, ridiculous shit happening, um, but all the characters take it completely seriously, so you you get to buy in oh. alongside them. I mean, I've seen Escape from New York because that one's like proto Metal Gear. Well, but. Well, that's that's more like over the top. Um, Assault on Precinct Thirteen is uh, like it. It starts with like just a very like upsetting murder of a child. Oh. Um, like a a guy just randomly like sees a girl buying ice cream and like swerves into the sidewalk to hit her, and then. Uh, her dad sees it, tracks down the car, and fucking shoots him. Mm. Um, 
and then he gets stuck in a police station that, uh, like the, the gang that the guy was a part of, uh, like it, it's basically zombie mode at that point. Like they, they're just all like swarming the building, trying to get in. Mm. And that's, that's the, the suspense. Like they're surrounded by a bunch of, uh, murderous, uh, like they're, they're, they're just fucking psychotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they have to survive the night um, with no outside help. Mm. It, it, it's it's very good at suspense, um, but also some of it's just kind of ridiculous. Mm. Um, the beginning is pretty upsetting, <laughs> though. Mm. Uh, and Warriors is more like over the top. It's like, oh, there's a there's a bunch of like very weirdly like very flamboyantly themed street gangs, um, um, and they they frame one of the gangs, the Warriors, for like killing the the like street gang overboss. Um, so now. They've got like all these weird themed gangs after them, and like one of them, it, it's like, it's like the the theme of the gang is baseball, so, mm. so they're wearing like the 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 pinstripe baseball uniforms, and they have like weird face paint, and they're going at them with like baseball bats. It's really so it's kind of like the Saints Row video games. Imagine, imagine Saints Row, but like. It, it's not. It's like the 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 violence is real, but mm. the circumstances are weird. Mm. Um, I'll, that's the way I would put it. Um, it it's it's a weird tone that really works for me, anyway. Um, and also half the characters are just like horrible people, but anyway, mm. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. We've kind of just been rambling for like forty five minutes. Yeah, actually, I did watch. An, I, I I know I've seen like clips of it before, but I don't think I've ever actually watched it until this week. Um, From Beyond, it's uh, or HP Lovecraft's From Beyond. It's kind of a follow up to Reanimator. Um, you know, uh, it, seeing you know Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton are back. They're playing different characters. Um. And it's just like the the two like they're scientists who go to this house where a guy was like another scientist guy died and his body was found with no head but not like bleeding or anything he just didn't have a head um, and it turns out that there's like this machine that um, when you activate it you can see these like floating worm things that are actually everywhere but normally you can't see them uh but when you can see them they can also see you and they can bite your head off uh and also the guy has become like a weird goopy monster thing who's also super horny because you know it's it's one of those kind of movies um yeah i don't know it, it was all right uh not as fun as uh reanimator but it's still Kind of fun, I guess, in, in a weird, gross-out way. 
That kind of makes me want to watch the Color Out of Space movie. Oh, the Nicolas Cage one? Yeah. Yeah, that one... I thought it was alright, I think. Like, you know, Nicolas Cage going crazy is kind of fun, but, you know, there's also, like, parts of it that... Like, there's a part where a person just... Like, she's, you know, under the influence of this, you know, this color alien thing. Um... And is like cutting carrots and accidentally cuts her fingers off, and you know, like that's just—I I don't know—it feels like it could really happen in a way that like some of the campier stuff doesn't. Yeah, yeah, that that reminds me of what I just said about uh, Precinct Thirteen, where it's like, oh, somebody can just like just drive on the sidewalk and hit somebody, and like, oh, that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's upsetting in a very weird way. Or a very real way, I should... Uh, I meant... Yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, like, I don't it, know. Because I, I remember... I, I think I've only seen it once. But I remember watching it. And I think I thought it was alright, but also didn't want to watch it again after. So, I, I don't remember. I've compartmentalized away a lot of what happened in that movie, I think. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting when people adapt like the mid tier, the uh, Lovecraftian stories. Mm. Yeah, like there hasn't uh, really been a good version, like a you know big, uh, you know Lovecraft like Cthulhu type story. Usually, yeah. the adaptations are of the smaller, smaller stories. Yeah, it's like I mean if. Like, how do you adapt the Mountains of Madness, like, while actually showing it on screen? Well, Guillermo del Toro um, tried for a while, uh, but then Prometheus came out and the studios said, well, this is basically the same thing. Uh, so then his project just kind of got stuck. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like, okay, if you do... Uh, the shadow over Ann Smith. It's like, mm. how are you going to make the fish people scary? The, they <laughs> yeah, did, there's a movie called Dagon that is basically shadow over Ann Smith. Yeah. And it's all right. Kind of gross. It's like if there's, um, there's Bloodborne DLC where it, it's, it's basically Ann Smith. There's a bunch of fish people. Yeah. Um, but like obviously, you know, there's no horror aspect of like, um, like there's something weird about this town, but I don't know what. And then you just see these like partially mutated people, but also they just look kind of weird. Mm. You know, it's not like they're just fish people. I mean, th- there was like, another. There's no paranoia in Bloodborne. Yeah, <laughs> like, you just kill them. Oh yeah, I mean, th- there's another. There's a game, uh, Call of Cthulhu: Dark Corners of the Earth that adapted Innsmouth and like the first three chapters of the game are, you know, like pretty effective at being like a scary adaptation of it. You know, cause you, you're playing as just a detective who like, you get a gun eventually. And even then you're, you know, really light on bullets. But, um, for those parts of the game, you don't have a gun. You don't have like any weapons. Uh, and there's, you're just in this, like, stuck in this town full of these 
like, kind of creepy, bloated-looking people. And you're trying to find someone who's gone missing, and none of them are being cooperative. You have to, like, break into the crime scene to uh, even investigate it, and then the police officer shoots you out. Uh, and then that night, while you're at the hotel, you, like, see a vision of them coming to your door to bust it down and kill you. And, and then you have to, like, you know, run from room to room, and you're, like, pushing bookcases in front of things, because... Because you have no weapons, so you're just, like, running, and it, yeah. it, 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 it's, you know, I thought it was one of the scariest things I've, you know, experienced in a game, although games and horror do run into the issue of if you die too many times, it stops being scary and starts being annoying. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, that that's, like, the... the part in Smith where you know the the guy's just in the hotel room yeah and he's like i know that i know they're coming for for me and like that's where like lovecraft is kind of weak at writing in a lot of ways mm. but like damn he can do suspense uh yeah <laughs> you know and, and tension but like that that's where it really works um you know before he's like oh it's fish people yeah uh, yeah well yeah he's like oh it's fish people and then the horror is like and actually you're yeah. one of them secretly and you didn't know yeah and uh you're going to you know dive into the ocean and become a fish person too yeah yeah and then there's like the actual dagon story where it's just like oh you're on a you're on a weird fleshy island like oh it's a giant leviathan yeah yeah okay yeah like the dagon story was like a short story that was kind of a proto version of what became shadow over insmith uh the yeah. dagon movie it, it it's called dagon but it's basically just shadow over insmith except that the the fish god they're worshiping is named dagon yeah and that one was in, pretty in effectively insmith. scary i mean there's like a, a you know that the drunk guy, Zadok Allen, there's like a part where like he gets his face cut off, and it's really gross. I'm I'm trying to think of any like straightforward, like Lovecraftian, but I I can't like there's. I mean, like in the Mouth of Madness is a Lovecraftian movie. It's not based on any specific Lovecraft stories, but it it touches on those kind of themes and also does like, yeah. a meta thing of like. Oh, it's a writer who's, like, not Stephen King, who was also inspired by Lovecraft. <laughs> and he's, like, in this New England town that doesn't exist on a map. Uh, but then, you know, they just, they're driving at night, and then they wake up, and, oh, they're in the town. And, uh, and there's, like, creepy stuff hiding behind normal-looking stuff, and unspeakable horrors, and it, just knowing about them drives you mad. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of it is just, like, Lovecraft kind of fucks around on some kind of like what 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 is non Euclidean geometry? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like how how do you how do you put that on screen? There the was, answer is you don't. I mean, there there is there is a like black and white silent intentionally. It was done in the style of a 1920s silent film um, adaptation of the Call of Cthulhu, the the, the story. You know, where yeah. it's like a guy reading notes and then you see visually, you know, the things, the, the events depicted in the notes. And when, like, they get to Relay, 
and they're like the, I think they had on screen the whole the thing where th- there's like a part where a person falls into a hole that shouldn't exist because it's uh, like an acute angle instead of an obtuse angle. Um, and like they depict that as, you know, that kind of MC Escher esque is like running and then falls into a space that shouldn't be there. Yeah. You see that that's interesting because I feel like if you if you can visualize it in any way, it would have to be in black and white. Hmm. Um you know, where you're looking and your mind can more easily play tricks on you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because usually when a lot of the movies that have tried to, like, directly adapt Lovecraft have gone more into, like, the -the over-the-top camp kind of stuff, which can be fun, but that's not, yeah, but that's not what the Lovecraft stories were. They were, yeah, horror at just, like, conceptual horror, you know, like, being afraid that a thing even exists. Yeah, like the whole thing with Lovecraft is like the only real type of horror is psychological horror. Yeah. <laughs> like any any other type of horror like doesn't exist because your mind doesn't your mind is experiencing it either way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cuz like a lot of the plots are just kind of basic uh like oh there's a guy he can steal other people's bodies by mind swapping or something. Yeah. Although, like, Reanimator, it's, kind of, you know, his original Reanimator story is kind of impressive that, like, for the time, doing a science-based approach to zombies, um, like, that that didn't really become a thing for another few decades in, like, movie, like, Night of the Living Dead wasn't until, well, like, the 50s, and I think Herbert uh, West Reanimator was, came out in, like, the 20s. And it's basically a zombie story, but, uh, you know, it, it's based on this, like, pseudoscience idea of, like, well, when a when the brain dies, it's still kind of alive for a few seconds, so if you can, like, reanimate it within that span of time, you can bring someone back. But yeah. then it's like, well, you know, you were half a second too late, and the brain is partially dead, and now they're just a crazy murder zombie yeah I'm trying to I'm trying to think of more like early zombie stuff like I mean, pre like night of the uh, living dead is usually considered the you know like the original zombie movie at least you know the thing that introduced zombies yeah. as a subgenre yeah like modern zombies but then there, there's stuff like white zombie which came out like a couple decades before which is more like the the like uh, Haitian, uh, mm. like voodoo inspired, which is which is more just like a, a which is more like mind control yeah. than, yeah, 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 not not like the undead type of zombie that is like the predominant one now. Yeah, we're good at falling into rabbit holes. Yeah, I mean, well, okay, <laughs> let me just so the. The things I had on my list to talk about, uh, two of them I'll probably talk about in a moment because they do tie into this, you know, horror Halloweeny movie type thing. Uh, I saw the new Haunted Mansion movie, and I also watched Rob Zombie's The Monsters movie, so we'll get back to that. Um, 
other things I had on my list. Uh, Ahsoka had its season finale. Um, I watched Stranger Things season one. I I guess I could talk about that. Uh, Loki season two I've has had two one. episodes. Uh, Our flag means death. Season two is probably like halfway through it. I don't know how many episodes they're gonna have. Um, I also played this really cool game called Chance of Sonar, so I'll talk about that at some point. Um, and I know you've got Disney movies and probably other stuff too. Yeah, I my biggest thing is probably Pokemon Crystal Legacy, which I don't have a whole lot to say about it because it's just a relatively minimal mod. Mm. Um, to a game that everybody who wants to play it has already played. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I might as well just <laughs> go ahead. But it, it's it just it makes Gen Two Pokemon a lot more available. Um, it makes them more prominent, like more more trainers will use them. Um, every gym trainer has at least one Gen Two Pokemon, which half of them didn't before. Mm. <laughs> like half of them didn't have any. Um, you know, there's stuff like you can you can get a Houndour before the first gym um, instead of only being able to get one. You know, going back to uh, Kanto, mm. which is which is just a lot better because Houndour is awesome, and I don't want to wait until post game and then get it at like level twelve. Mm. Like, that makes no sense. Um, the game is more challenging, but it's not really difficult. Um, like, all the, all the gym trainers, they most of them have more Pokemon, um, and they, they have better moves, but every... The, the move sets on every Pokemon is updated, so... Like, uh, Zubat actually gets Gust before level 10. Mm. So, like, it actually has a flying move that it learns before level 30. Yeah, which um, is useful when there's so many grass Pokemon around. Right. And, uh, like, um, Ghastly gets a poison move. It gets Smog at, like, level 8. Mm. Um... Same thing, like, hey, it's poison type. We should probably give it a poison move. Um, Gyarados can learn fly, so it can actually use its flying type mm. to attack with. Which, you know, makes sense. Um, and there's little things like, hey, it's a ROM hack. You're probably not going to be trading. So it's like, uh, Haunter evolves at level 40 or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, give all the trade evolutions just a regular way to evolve. Yep. And in, instead of evolving while holding an item, it's like you, you just use an upgrade on Porygon and it becomes Porygon 2. Mm. Um, you, you just use uh, King's Rock on uh, Slowpoke and it becomes Slowking. It's like there, there's no uh, no trading necessary. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just Pokemon Crystal, but way better in pretty much every way. Mm. 
Some people might not like it because it is a little more challenging, but also Gen 2 was pretty easy before. Oh, also they fixed the level curve. Uh, hmm. You're not you're not fighting constant like level 25 Pokemon when yours are level 32 anymore. Um, you won't get to the Elite Four with your Pokemon at like level 35 anymore. Like you'll pro- probably be in the 40s by then. Hmm. Um, like all the all the Kanto gem leaders actually have decently leveled Pokemon. Um, yeah, it's it's just really good all around. Pokemon Crystal Legacy, play it. I'm gonna nuzlocke it like right now. I already started. Mm. <laughs> I I beat Faulkner. It wasn't it wasn't difficult, but so nobody's he, dying. He is far from no. It's it's pretty easy not to die. Like I didn't I didn't even get an electric Pokemon, and uh, yeah, I haven't had any deaths yet. Mm. Maybe Bugsy will do it because he's a lot better than before. We'll see. I'm a smart boy. I'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, yep. that's about it for Pokemon. Um. But yeah, so I guess back to Halloween movies to, you know, we, we I guess we can talk even more Halloween movies next episode probably because we've already decided to watch a bunch. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I saw the new Disney's Haunted Mansion um, that for some reason they decided to put in theaters in August when one, there was a strike going <laughs> on so they couldn't promote it with all the actors because there's a bunch of like big name actors in this. Um and two, that's not the time anybody wants to see a Haunted Mansion movie, so it flopped. Um, but it, it's alright. I mean, it's a perfectly serviceable movie based on a Disney ride. Um, it's got that same kind of a of like Pirates... It's, it's not as good as Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, it's maybe as good as uh, Jungle Cruise from a couple years ago. Um yeah. I never saw that. Yeah, I mean that one was all right. Too. It's it's got Dwayne Johnson, so it's you know a Dwayne Johnson action movie, I guess. Um, yeah, like this one, it's it's either modern or like near modern day, but it's set in a spooky old house in um, I think New Orleans. It's either in New, it's in Louisiana somewhere. It's near New Orleans because. The, the main character is this guy who, like, we see in, uh, you know, the opening scene before the time skip. He, he's like a guy who's, uh, like an astrophysicist or something. He's, like, studying dark matter, which, you know, ends up being connected to ghosts. Um, and he meets this woman who, I think she like, believes in ghosts or something. I don't know. Um, this is a time skip. She's dead. He's depressed. He is now a tour guide of haunted places around New Orleans, but also he doesn't believe in ghosts and he's just kind of an asshole about all of it. Um, but then, uh, Owen Wilson shows up and he's like, Hey, um, I need your help as a ghost expert to, uh, you know, Owen Wilson as, he, he presents himself as, like, a priest, but then he, he later reveals he's kind of a con man, um, but he wants this guy to help him, uh, go exercise the ghosts from a house, 
because uh, the, there's this spooky old haunted house, like a woman and her son uh, just bought this house, but then they found out it's haunted. Um, and so, you know, main guy doesn't believe in ghosts and he goes here and then he finds out there's ghosts. Um, and then like a, a whole bunch of other characters get involved. Like they, like him and Owen Wilson end up stealing a map from Danny DeVito. Uh, so Danny DeVito follows them back to the house <laughs> and then he's involved in this whole thing. Um, I like to think it's actually Danny DeVito. Yeah. Not a character. Yeah. Um, I don't remember any of the character names. Um. There's also like a woman who's a medium who they bring in and and then they find that there's like a like older medium uh, who played her I can't remember it's another fame there's a lot of like famous actors and actresses in this um, there was like this older medium who's now like a head inside of a crystal ball uh, and and it turns out like all the ghosts in the mansion. Are I mean, anytime anyone who's been to the mansion tries to leave, the ghosts like follow them around and continue to haunt them until they come back. Um, but the like the ghosts are all trapped here because uh, the villain who is they call him like the hat box ghost because he like at first he's like his head is inside of a lantern that he carries around, um, and he is played by Jared Leto um, as you oh, know, an old creepy. Fuck, which is the perfect role for a Jared okay. Leto to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he's. Yeah. Hey, look, if you if you're gonna have Leto in a movie, yeah, have him be a, a very creepy, weird man. Yeah, he's like a creepy, basically like zombie-faced uh, ghost who has, you know, like systematically like murdered people and like you know haunted or whatever. He he he's managed to get a whole bunch of ghosts all trapped in this mansion. And he needs to get, like, a thousand of them or something to get his evil superpowers unlocked. Um, and if one more person dies, oh no, that, that'll make his thousand ghosts quota met. Um, so there's, you know, a ticking clock on that, and he's trying to uh, manipulate the, the kid to become his thousandth soul that he claims by you know pretending to be the kid's dead dad in like ghost form um and and then that you know and like that there is like a, you know a kind of an emotional heart to the idea of this you know our main character guy becoming like a surrogate dad to this kid uh and having to you know talk him out of uh you know following his fake ghost dad um i don't know the, the movie was all right uh, yeah, I will probably See, I, buy it on DVD when I find it for five dollars in a bargain bin. I I was wondering, um, like an idiot, mm. why you were comparing it to Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, because I completely forgot that that was also uh, based on a, a ride Disney movie. Ride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because like pirate pirates just like oh yeah, Transcend. completely blew up. Yeah. Yeah. transcended the idea that it was originally based on a ride where you just like sit in a carriage and listen to animatronic pirates sing songs yeah and you get wet because they make you sit on the right side of the of the yeah. boat yeah because like that, that's where all the water from the explosions drops and then everybody laughs at you even though it's not your fault and it's like it's fucking november <laughs> it's it's not hot because it's florida but it's like, it's still uncomfortable. Like, stop laughing. Mm. 
I'm not. I'm not bitter about it. Okay, so that's why you blocked the Pirates of the Caribbean ride from your your brain because of the trauma of riding. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I I have not traveled outside of New England. The only theme park I've been to is Storyland in New Hampshire, which is like a low budget Disney based on like fairy tales and stuff. Jade, I'm gonna take you to Disney World one day, and you're gonna have a good time. Uh, but that means I have to go to Florida, and Florida sucks. Yeah, but you go to the part of Florida where Florida isn't Florida. It's owned by Disney. Oh, right. <laughs> they're, they're, like, the, yeah, the governor lost. It's, it's basically still a sovereign state. Yeah, yeah, what, until, like, the King of England dies or something? It was the <laughs> new contract they set up? Okay, so for about bullshit. another three years. Yeah. Yeah. Until Sausage Fingers McGee dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Because around the time when the first Pirates of the Caribbean came out, they also did the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion, because they were trying yeah. to like adapt rides into movies. And they hit it big with one of them, and uh, yeah. the others. And now they're trying again. They just did Jungle Cruise, which... I, I mean, I don't think it would have... You know, done amazing, even if it had, if there wasn't a pandemic when it came out in theaters. I think it did get a theatrical release, but pandemic really hobbled it. But even then, I I think Dwayne Johnson, he's fun, but he's past his peak at this point. So I don't think the movie was going to hit big on being like, you know, another action, you know, period piece action adventure fun romp yeah. movie. But I mean, yeah, like it was all right. Same for ha- the new haunted mansion. It, you know, th- they've got they they had some stuff going on in it, and they've got a lot of celebrities. Yeah, it's so, like the Eddie Murphy haunted mansion. I remember watching that, and that's that's one of those movies where, like, it's very obvious he just did it for the check. Mm. <laughs> right. He's just completely checked out. Um, but, yeah, I I am kind of curious about the new one. Is it? it, it well, I, I watched theaters, it because it right? just dropped on Disney Plus for free. Okay. So, so shit, I might, I might as well just watch yeah, it. Yeah, when you sign back up to watch Loki Season 2. Uh, well, I mean, I'm watching <laughs> every Disney movie. Oh, so. right. Yeah, so you're <laughs> stuck on there for rest of the year and probably next year yeah i i did the year thing which is really good because they went up in price mm. <laughs> so uh that was a win on my part uh i think it actually expires in like mid-december mm. so yeah i'm still good for a while yeah um but yeah so i watched do that. they still do that do, do they let you subscribe by the year still i'm not sure I'm not even sure if my plan is per year or per month. Yeah. Okay. I know my Nintendo one is per year, even though I feel like I don't use it enough to really justify it, especially with the trickle feed of uh, games on their their service. Yeah. The only reason I keep Nintendo is because I like playing Rocket League on the Switch. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I just do it for the the retro games mostly. 
Um, but yeah, so the other mo- recent-ish, spoopy-ish movie I saw was uh, Rob Zombie's The Monsters that I found on a clearance sale. Um, and I kind of liked it. I know it, it like won for worst movie of the year of last year um, because it is it it looks bad like visually it it's like one of the worst looking movies that had any kind of a budget to it um, like it it looks like it was shot in their backyard but um, I think just I don't know the the actors are just pretty fun at doing that kind of cheesy like sitcom style monster stuff um so i don't know i thought i, I it, it, it's like it's a prequel to the monsters uh sitcom from whatever the 60s whenever that came out um i mean it, it was it started in black and white so it had to be yeah like it, no later than the 60s yeah, it was like either 50s or 60s it's usually you know compared and contrasted with adam's family um, I think, uh, Adam's family, like, the, you know, the jokes on the character writing tend to be smarter, um, Monsters, is, I, yeah. I grew up watching Monsters more, but it is, you know, just, just kind of, you know, silly sitcom about this family where, like, the father, his, he's Herman Munster, but he's basically Frankenstein's monster. Um, he's married to a woman who's, like... Bride of Frankenstein esque. Um, uh, her her father is. Uh, they just call him Grandpa in the show. In the movie, they call him the Count. He, you know, he is like a Dracula vampire character. Yeah. Um, they have a son who's a werewolf, um, or a ne- or maybe he's a nephew. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Cause I'm it, pretty sure he's the son. Yeah, and the yeah. the other one is the niece. Yeah. Yeah, because the, there's Eddie is uh, their son, who's a werewolf. Because this is a prequel, he doesn't show up, but they do have an uh, Uncle Lester, who I think might have appeared in the show sometimes, who is also a werewolf. Um, and then yeah, they don't have the the niece. I don't remember her name, but the gag with her is that she's just a normal girl, and everyone talks, you know, like, behind her back, they're just like, oh, it's, it's so sad, like, she's so ugly, um, because, yeah. you know, the, the joke is that they are, they are monsters, and they think all this, you know, being horror movie monsters is normal, and, like, living in a haunted house is normal, and everyone else in their, you know, 50s sitcom suburbia is like a weirdo because they all are just normal people and it's you know j- just that backwards contrast that's the joke yeah and, and this movie it does that and it, it, it's a dumb joke but also it, it just i don't know it's kind of endearing yeah i mean it, it's it's the it's the monsters is the type of thing where you have to buy into it to get anything out of it yeah um so, I mean, if it can make you buy in, then it, it, it's probably good enough to, you know, to kill an hour or however long it is. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, the one thing I wish, so, the movie's in color, and I always watch the, the original show in black and white, so it, it looks weird seeing them in color. But also, like, there's parts of the movie where there'll be, like, a black and white television, 
and someone on there and those parts like the way they're shot and the way they like they look perfect and they make me wish that like the entire movie had been done like that you know just just do the whole movie in black and white um and it would probably like look and feel better and look less like trash because you know it would kind of play more into the sitcomness of it uh where like just all the flat backgrounds and settings and stuff look really weird in color yeah yeah i think there's a there's a fun fact about the monsters where it's like the even though it's like oh they're a creepy horror family but like the walls are pink mm. <laughs> because that was the only way to get the color they wanted in black and white yeah so like <laughs> So, like, on the set, there was, like, the, you know, creepy Frankenstein makeup, but all the walls are pink. Um, yeah. Till it, uh, you know, it was filmed in black and white. That's all I got. Mm. That's my monster's fun fact for the day. Yeah. Um, and I guess the other spooky thing, I, I watched Stranger Things Season 1 on a whim just because I've never seen any Stranger Things and I've been hearing about it for years. And, and it was on DVD, so I didn't have to sign up for Netflix to watch it. Uh, yeah. I thought it was alright. I don't know. I kind of hated I, some of the characters. Apparently they get better in later seasons. I I liked the first season. I didn't feel compelled to watch the second. Mm. Um, so I never did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I've seen 80s stuff. I don't have a strong nostalgia for it. Um, you know, some of the things in this, I, I looked up like, is this actually 80s or is this 50s? And I know that's just kind of a thing with a lot of 80s. Like, all like the Stephen King stuff, like, he was writing in the 80s, but it was mostly about problems from the 50s. Yeah. So I, th I think there's like some blurriness there of, you know, these stories that are like, kids on bikes dealing with bullies and, you know, murderers who are just loose in their towns. Yeah, I, I know, um, like, the whole, like, secret organization, um, like, what, what, what was it, what do they call it, the, like, isolation chamber, mm. um, with the water that gives her her psychic powers. Like, <clears throat> that was based on, like, actual CIA experiments. Mm. Uh, 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 that's my <laughs> Stranger Things fun fact for the day. Yeah, I've uh, never been in one of those CIA pods, is the but real I've, villain. I've seen one before, and it looked like an alien spaceship. Yeah. yeah it, it's... It's funny how they can make you take the, um, you know, little psychic girl versus extra-dimensional alien uh, monster seriously. Mm. But they do. Um, also, they kill off the nicest character. That is, uh... That's, uh... uh I don't know, that felt kind wait, of bad. Which one was that? Because I thought the nicest um, character the, was the fat kid. Oh, I, I I met like the the girl's friend. Oh um, right, yeah, yeah. 
whose name I forget. Yeah, like she just yeah, yeah, because there were there's two major there's like uh, Will at the start of the show gets pulled yeah. into the dark dimension, and then there was that other girl who yeah she also gets pulled in, and then she's just you know they she's dead when they go to yeah go to look for because like the 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 girl the um the sister of one of the boys I don't remember which one um. It's been a few years. Yeah. Um, I guess he, she she brings yeah, her like nerd friend to a party. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she's like, "I don't want to go," <laughs> and and uh, the the sister was like really into the asshole jack guy. Yeah. Yeah, that um, was the character. Like, I hated like, him, but apparently in the later seasons he has like a redemption arc. Like I thought it was weird yeah. at the end of this season that he didn't die because he seemed like the kind of character like they would set like they set him up and then there's you know the anti-social but otherwise good-hearted guy who she ends up hooking up with that they you know they would have that contrast and the the shitty jock guy would get like murdered by the monster by the end but he doesn't but also he doesn't really like full it because I didn't buy into his like redemption moment in season one, but I guess it gets built yeah. on later. Yeah, it's like in in any other movie, that would be what happens. He like she leaves him or he dies because he's an asshole. Yeah. And then she gets with the the nicer guy that actually helps everybody out. And like I get why they didn't do that. Hmm. <laughs> um, because it was predictable. But, like, also, it just, it does feel wrong. Yeah. Um, like, if anything, like, just have her leave him and not be with anybody. Yeah. But, whatever. I'm, yeah, I mean, so... That's not... Yeah, the show was alright. The tension of it kept me watching, but... Yeah, I, I, I don't really need to... I read the wiki on what happens in the later seasons, so I don't really need to watch it anymore. I, I didn't like it enough to watch more. I'm surprised that like the second and third seasons just kind of came and went, mm. and nobody talked about them that much. But then the fourth season comes around, and they're they're like bringing these forty year old songs to the top of the the charts. And it's like what the fuck? Mm. Like how did? How did this show that nobody cared about for like three or four years just resurrect music? Like it, it's it's weird to me. Mm. I don't know. I don't I don't get the internet anymore. I'm an old man. Yeah, I've given up trying. We are on a podcast with about five lessons per episode. So yeah. Nobody. No. I'm. Well, I guess Eugene's listening. Hi, Eugene. Have fun with Bloodborne. I hope you don't die that much. Mm. Oh, shit. I just remembered uh, Doom Patrol. I haven't caught up. I guess Doom Patrol's been continuing. I'm going to make a note to myself. Watch Doom Patrol and also scary movie and stuff. <laughs> okay. Now I'll remember. Yeah, because I, I, I just thought of that because I was thinking, oh, yeah, because Eugene is also watching Our Flag Means Death, the pirate i guess con- it, it's like a drama comedy or kind of a dark comedy 
Again, I don't know, because it's like, like, they're pirates, and they do horrible things, and, like, horrible, violent things happen. But also, sometimes everybody just sits down and talks about, you know, how somebody's being toxic, or... They have, like, weirdly modern conversations about emotions and stuff between these pirates who are generally, like, pretty gay. You know, it, it's that kind of a fun, like, thing, but also... Also, sometimes they're just, like, super violent and horrible because they're pirates. Um, so, I don't know. that uh, My take on the show is, like, the tone is really weird. Like, it keeps just kind of whiplashing sometimes. And, you know, I, see, I liked season one, but I didn't like the way it ended. Because it just kind of takes a like dark turn by the end. Um... And season two so far is pretty fun. Like, they're, they're coming back from that, but I don't entirely trust them not to take another dark turn and then end on another kind of grim cliffhanger for a season three. But maybe not if, if they think they're going to get canceled. Because I don't think... I don't know how, if they knew they were going to get renewed for season two. So maybe they'll uh, give it some conclusion this time instead. Yeah, that that's kind of it's hard to make characters likable when they just go murdering people for no reason. Yeah, like it, like the main it, it it's a show about um, Reese Darby is playing. Uh, fuck, what's the name? the gentleman pirate? Uh, I'm gonna Google because my brain is bad. Gentleman goes from Batman, Brave and the Bold. Uh, uh, let's see, Steed Bonnet. Okay, uh, it's Reese Darby is playing yeah. Steed Bonnet, who is um a pirate. He is a historical pirate who was um basically just like a nobleman who got bored and decided to be become a pirate. Um, you know, he like he also appears in um Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and he's like the comedy sidekick character. Um. Uh, but he's he's the main character of this show, and it's you know kind of dealing with you know, just him as this guy who is not cut out to be a pirate, but really wants to be one and feels like he belongs. And then he ends up developing a romance with Blackbeard, who's played by Taika Waititi. Um, and Blackbeard is like the the character who, you know has the you know, like so, sometimes he's you know like emotional and open talking to people and other times he just becomes like a horrible a asshole you know just like cutting off people's toes and uh you know shooting people and stuff um and that is you know like that there's like a romance between them that toward the end of season one they end up breaking up and then that kind of you know, Blackbeard goes a bit crazy from that. You know, he, he just takes like a really dark turn at, you know, not dealing with the breakup well. And now uh, season two is them getting back together and resolving things. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like the show. It's just, it, it's weird. Yeah. I like gay Blackbeard though. That's that's uh, a fun time. Yeah. Um, let's see. Loki season two has started. It it's okay. I don't know. Like I enjoy it, but the whole 
time multiverse stuff it just it's hard to tell what the stakes even are you know like they're trying to have stakes but it's hard to buy into it when you know that you know i, I don't know it, we'll see how it goes um when everything can get reset again yeah or where it, you know they're like oh no all those people just died because you cut off their timelines but it's like well it, did they I don't know. Like, if there are infinite timelines, then does any of this even matter? Or you know, is one version of a person considered different from another version of a person? And if there are, how many just exponential versions of people are there in reality? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it becomes too big for the brain to even comprehend or care. Um, yeah. But at least like there is a new character. Oh, what's it? Um, I am so bad with names today. Ki Hu Kwan, um, the the guy who played Short Round in Temple of Doom. Um, you oh. know he he came back last year in Everything Everywhere All at Once played a really you know great character on that and now he's back in loki season two as uh ouroboros the technician who's just kind of you know been in the tva but nobody's noticed him because he's like down on the lower levels of it and he's he's pretty fun it's nice seeing him back nice um also ahsoka had a season finale this whole show feels like it's just a setup for another show or movie or something. Yeah, welcome to endless franchise television. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the costumes and designs and stuff, but uh, it's hard to say that the acting is bad because I think it's the script that's bad. It's just it it's that Clone Wars Rebels style of script where people are just expositing at each other back and forth, and it, it it's just kind of crap and also it's like just just a whole season like they they call it ahsoka it's basically season five of rebels and it's just like four episodes getting it or no even long it was like the f five of the eight episodes that it took to get everybody to travel from one galaxy to another galaxy that kind of just looks the same it's just more of the same planets and weird aliens and stuff. There's nothing about it that feels all that different. Um, but they had to get to that galaxy because that's where Thrawn and Ezra ended up at the end of Rebels. And uh, Thrawn has been uh, working on a plan to get back. And then, oh no, the villain wins and Thrawn gets back and Ahsoka and Sabine are stuck in this other galaxy now. And, and then there's going to be another something. I don't know. It it would be nice if we knew exactly what it was leading up to. You know, if this is, uh, you know, for that movie that Dave Filoni is supposed to be making, or if they're doing another season, or, or what. I don't know. I didn't really like it. It seems like the general opinions on this show are either if you're someone who was heavily invested in Clone Wars and Rebels, then maybe you really like this show. Uh, otherwise, you probably don't. So, yeah, that's the gist I've seen online. I'm, I'm just kind of done. Yeah, 
<laughs> it's like I watched a couple episodes of Mandalorian season three. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Like I'll I'll eventually watch Andor. Yeah, I think and, Andor still... and Mandalorian season one are the only things I can wholeheartedly recommend. Like Mando season one to three is declining in quality. Um, Obi Wan was okay, and and other. I like season two enough where um, I, I would recommend it still. Yeah, yeah, like not wholeheartedly recommend, but I'd say yeah, it's still worth watching. And the same for Obi Wan. It's like it has its moments that were good. Obi Wan, look for one of the fan um, re edits where they take out like all the shit that doesn't need to be there. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> like just, look for one of those. Like maybe the first episode, and then skip to the one where he fights Vader, and uh, and then you got all the good stuff there. Just watch, yeah, watch the last two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Just fuck the rest yeah. of it. Like we don't, we don't need to see Obi Wan like giving up, and then like we don't need to see his redemption arc. Yeah. Um, where he he's somehow like throwing fucking mountains at uh, Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just because I like... that, that's what Obi Wan was known for is uh, yeah, throwing the high ground. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just cool having that whole the thing where like they cut open Vader's mask and you can see Hayden's face in it, but you know, and then like yeah. the voice he's doing is like a mix of his voice and the Vader voice. Yeah, like like that that scene was really cool and dramatic. Like it it was the the final scene with Vader is really good. Like I'm not I'm I'm not saying that it's Yeah, not, I mean yeah, the fight just, was silly, but yeah, just just because like that's not anything we've ever seen from Obi Wan is like him, just like throwing around big objects. He he he's always seemed like more of a swordsman. Mm. <laughs> um, in the in the movies anyway. Yeah, that I remember. Yeah. Um. Okay. So hard pivot into my other topic. Okay. So I played a couple video games. Uh, Chance of Sonar. Oh, no. Um, it's Chance as in like Chant multiple, not Chance as in like random luck. Um, it's uh an indie game that I discovered because um Secret Sleepover Society, which is a streaming like video game stream from a couple of the people who do Drawfee. Um, they they played it. Uh, I've also heard the Besties podcast talk about it. I, I, I apparently it must be recent. I I, didn't, I hadn't heard about it till I saw them playing it. But it's um, wait, shit. Did I talk about this last episode? I think I'm I'm. I'm no. start, I don't know. Uh, it, it so you talked about it on Discord. Yeah, a little. Yeah, it's so it's a game. Um, you, you're like a, a guy who you know, you pop up out of this weird coffin thing and you're on the base level of a tower that's like five levels tall um and each of the level you start off you like go to a door and there's like a handle on the door that you can tell from the symbols like oh this symbol must mean up and this symbol must mean down because there's like a lever that goes up and down and there's these symbols next to it 
and you like assemble a small dictionary of symbols and you are like through context clues and conversations and stuff figuring out what these symbols mean and you can like type in what you think it means so it will fill that in when you see the the symbol pop up and then eventually once you've found enough symbols you'll get a page that shows like pictures of what the words mean and if you match them up correctly then it'll give you the correct translations so you you start off on like a base level where there's these like kind of robed mayan-ish looking guys who you know that they have a uh, like a very kind of religious reverent culture they call themselves uh the disciples i think or i, I don't remember that they, they had um acolytes maybe they, they they have like each culture has e each of the the five levels of the tower has its own group of people with their own language and their own culture and their own way that they perceive the other cultures and you kind of you know figure that out as you're going so there's like the acolytes on the lower level and then the acolytes are upset that the warriors on the second level have barred them from ascending up the tower because in their religion they want to reach the top of the tower and the warriors you know when you get up to the warrior level you find out the warriors are more concerned with like defending the tower from threats uh and they you know think the the acolytes are just a bunch of sheep who are getting in the way so they like lock them out um and then the and they revere uh the bards of the third level who are like artistic musical people who are also just kind of snobs who think everyone's beneath them um and and then yeah it's like it, it's really cool you're like ascending up this tower and discovering these languages and uh translating languages into other languages and and then you can like th there's like these places you can go where there's like a person from one level is trying to have a conversation with the a person from another and you translate their messages for them and that like forms a connection between the tower and you know causes people to meet people and you know like build these connections um it's a really cool game. Uh, I liked it. it. You know, indie games tend to be really short. Uh, this one actually felt like it's not overly long, but it's also not overly short. I think maybe, you know, five, ten hours at least to play through it. So, yeah. I don't know. And when you described it uh, in the Discord, it made me really want to play yeah. it. Um I, w I will. It's on my list. Yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend it. I I would recommend if if you watch like a stream of it, um, and you, and that makes you like it, definitely stop watching and just go buy it and play it because it's the kind of game where like the fun is figuring things out for yourself. So you know, if since I'd watched, um secret sleepover play through the first level of it i kind of cruised through that because i already knew what the symbols meant because i had watched them puzzle it out themselves um so you know i'm glad that i played it before they got to the second level uh so i got to you know figure all that out for myself and the, the some parts of the game that are more puzzle ish 
including those like stealth segments that kind of play out as like a puzzle. You know, you just have to time your uh, movement so you don't get spotted. And those parts are, you know, not as good as the language translation parts of the game. Um, the only part where I actually like pulled up a full walkthrough was uh, th there's a part toward the end where it kind of stops being at that point you've you've translated all the languages and then there's just this part where i couldn't figure out how you're supposed to even find the answer to like how to proceed so i had to look that up but but yeah no it's a cool game um and then the other new game i played uh same clearance sale where i found the monsters i found uh Immortals Phoenix Rising, Phoenix spelled F-E-N-Y-X, the Ubisoft game from a few years ago that is basically Breath it's of Breath of the Wild, Wild with Greek mythology, uh, and it, it it it's fairly fun as a Breath of the Wild ripoff, but oh boy, it sure is an Ubisoft game where characters are trying to be charming and funny and they can't <laughs> shut the fuck up. Uh, it's like, I am so sick of listening to Zeus, and, like, the, the, there's, like, a frame narrative of the game, so, like, the game is, there's, th this is big demon guy, I think his name's, like, Tartaros, I thought that was a place, but I guess it's a guy, um, and, uh, Tartaros is a place, I don't, I don't know if Tartaros is a guy or I, not, I don't know, he's a big demon guy, he wants to kill all the gods, um, so, Zeus goes to Prometheus, who is chained to a rock and having his liver eaten by birds, except they don't actually show you that, because this is like an E10, or no, I think it's a T-rated game, but it's still, it's not, it, they don't show the graphic stuff, but Prometheus does make a lot of jokes about his liver being eaten by birds, um, and Zeus is just a cocky asshole, but he's trying to ask Prometheus for help, and Prometheus is like, let me tell you a story about this hero named Phoenix who is going to save all the gods. And so there's this, the frame narrative of, as you're playing, it's just, Prometheus will narrate a thing, Zeus will say something snarky, maybe Prometheus will respond, maybe not, and that happens every time you go anywhere or do anything. Uh... I, I don't know, it, it's one of those Ubisoft games where it's like they're, they're trying to be funny and I it's either not translating because it's they're based out of France or something, or I don't know. Like, they're just they're trying too hard to be charming, and it's not, it's just annoying. But otherwise, it's, it, you know, it, it's that same kind of a loop of, like, Breath of the Wild where you just, you're exploring... You collect your collectibles that let you upgrade your meters and weapons and shit. Um, it doesn't do the thing in Breath of the Wild where your weapons break, so at least you get to keep your weapons as you're traveling around. And there's, like, pits that you can go in that are actually, like, the shrines from Breath of the Wild. It's just, like, a puzzle area, and you solve the puzzle area, and you get some... Zeus lightning that you can use to upgrade stuff later. Um, like the game's all right. Uh, I will. I don't know if I'll finish it. Actually, it's it's kind of big. Um, but you know, I, I kind of you could just play Breath of the Wild again. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I played around in it for a bit, um, but then I started playing Picross again. So, you know. <laughs> 
it's a better use of your time, probably. Yeah. I'm. I haven't played it, but I'm just going off of every other every other uh, Ubisoft game I've ever played. Yeah. I mean, they do let you customize your character, which is nice. So, you know, I have a jade-looking character. Um, I, I found That's the cool. most skin-showing armor I could find, so I have that now. You don't have to be a blonde boy. No. No, you get to pick your gender. Phoenix is a gender-neutral name. You know, the artwork on the box shows a white-skinned redhead, but you can change your skin tone, you can change your gender, you can do some basic changes to, like, hairstyle and face style. So, yep. Um, do I have anything else? Nope, that's, the, yeah, that's all of it. So, Jade, what Disney movies do you want to talk about? Uh, let's see. Since, la so, last episode, I think you had talked about, like, Toy Story 2, so we were up to at least 2000. I, I, 2001. I think Lilo and Stitch was the first one. Okay. Oh, of the new, okay, so, so did we talk about Atlantis last time, I guess, then? Probably, maybe? I don't, I don't um, think so. Because Lilo and Stitch was no. 2002, and, uh... I think I watched Atlantis last weekend, or this past Monday, or something. Yeah, because I know Atlantis and Treasure Planet were new. Um... I mean, I, I guess your pick. It's Which one do you want to talk about? Monsters, Inc., uh, Lilo and Stitch, Atlantis, Finding Nemo, and Treasure Planet. Okay. Um, I don't have much to say about Monsters Inc. at all. It, it's it's really good, but it's it's not super special. I don't think. Mm. Um, like it, it's it's funny. It's endearing. Yeah, I mean, it's got There's fun one scene at the emotional end. Emotional connections between them. Yeah, there's one scene at the end that's kind of touching. Um, but I mean. This is the point in Pixar where it's like they, like they they're just animating a lot of weird shit, mm. uh, and it just looks really good. Yeah, um, and they they write a lot of uh, funny gags to go along with it. Yeah, and then they put like one one sad character moment at the end, and it's uh, and it works. Yeah. Um. Lilo and Stitch is one of the best Disney movies. Mm. <laughs> like it, it, it's uh, it's a lot better than I remember. Um, there's a lot of real shit in that one. Yep. Uh, just uh, oh no, the government's gonna take Nani's sister away from her. Um, yeah, mm. but I mean, they don't they don't say how old she is, but she has to be like. Nineteen or twenty. Yeah, she, you know, because they're, they're sisters because their parents died in uh, auto accident, and uh, yeah, and yeah, she's you know old enough to have a job, but still young enough that you know that this is a lot to you know have to be looking yeah. after her sister who's acting up because you know they're both you know hard situation here. Yeah. And then this alien. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really hard, and she's she's just trying 
very hard to keep everything together. Uh, and then, yeah, Lilo's acting out because she's quote-unquote weird. Um, but, yeah, she... They... So now he's like, I'm gonna get her a dog. And it just so happens that this evil uh, alien experiment alien crash-landed on Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, the, the opening scene is like an alien courtroom where uh, like the, this judge is convicting this evil scientist um, of creating uh, this evil mutant uh, creature. Yeah, genetic monster designed to destroy. And his whole purpose is yeah. to destroy because Jumba is a mad scientist. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to make a thing that destroys things because that, that's the yeah. goal. Jump is a lot more fun in this movie than he is in the show. Mm. Uh, because he's fucking unhinged. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, Stitch escapes, crashes on Earth. Um, everybody's like, hey, he won't survive in water. Uh, and then it's like, oh no, there's an island there's this, in the yeah, middle of the Pacific. A tiny island, or tiny chain of islands. Yeah. It's an archipelago, Jade. Learn your, learn your geometry. <laughs> your geometry. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he he lands, he uh, gets hit by a truck. Um, he disguises himself as a dog. Yeah. And well, then that's when... Yeah, it's like a blue rabbitish dog. Yeah. Uh, he's a blue tick hound. Uh, he ain't nothing but a hound dog. Uh, wearing blue suede shoes. Because it's Elvis. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Nani, kind of a Nani and Lilo. Yeah. Nani and Lilo go to, uh, go to the pound to adopt a dog. And they end up adopting Stitch. Who isn't named Stitch yet, but whatever. Uh, um, and he basically ruins their life. He makes everything harder for them all the time. He's very bad. He doesn't kill anybody, though. Mm. Um, and the only reason he doesn't run away and cause havoc is because he's being hunted. Yeah, oh yeah, because um, he, he can't escape the island because it's surrounded by water. And also Jumba and Pleakley, a government agent who is convinced that the Earth is... Uh, uh, nature preserve for mosquitoes, and so they have to be careful about extracting Stitch. You know, the two of them have been tasked with rounding him up. But yeah. they're mostly just following him around and stopping him from acting out too much. Yep. Um, and then there's, there's Bubbles. Yeah. Cobra Bubbles. <laughs> uh, uh, uh the Child Protective Services agent. Yeah. Um, it's like a... He's fucking Ving Rhames. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, he's, you know, man in black... <laughs> men in black type. You know, black suit, black sunglasses. Very serious. Uh, did, did Ving Rhames actually play him, or did it, does he just look exactly like uh, him? Let's find out. 
Cobra Bubbles. It was voiced by Ving Rames in Lilo and Stitch. Okay. I I wanted to make sure because uh, I was like, if if oh, not, wait. that's a very specific. Okay, according to this, he was played by Courtney B. Vance in Lilo and Stitch, and Ving Rames in Leroy and Stitch. The Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, according to <laughs> wait, this Google, how? Yeah, the Ving Rames <laughs> played him in the directed video sequel, I guess. There's no way. Uh, let's get some verification. Okay, well then I, I look I'm, up the voice. I'm looking at the cast. Okay. I'm looking at the cast, and it has Ving Rhames as Cobra Bubbles. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, because then I, I type in you know, voice, it says Ving Rhames, Leroy and Stitch, also Lilo and Stitch. So what's the second? Did they get the names backwards? They must have got the names backwards, and the other guy is the guy who plays him in the straight-to-video stuff. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Stitch causes a lot of problems, uh, uh, Bubbles basically tells, um, Nani, like, look, like, for Lilo's sake, we have to take her away, um, there's a whole, like, soul-crushing moment of realization. Yeah, well, because that was after Um, Stitch destroyed the house in a fight with Jumba, I think. Yeah. Well, he 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 tells Nani like, "Look, we're gonna end up taking her away at this rate." Um, and then there's a whole thing where, uh, like the the galactic uh, yeah, the galactic president lady calls up Jumba and says, "You you guys are taking too long. You're fired. I'm sending Captain Gontu to do it yeah. instead." And then that's when Jumba's yeah. like, okay, cool, I can blow up the house trying to get Stitch back. Uh, right. Then, I'm not under any rules anymore. Yeah, um, yeah and then there's there's the whole uh, climax where it's like, oh, Stitch finally realizes that he he cares about them like right before it happens. Um, like he, he finds a family with them. Um, and yeah, there's a whole climactic, uh, spaceship, uh, fight against the giant shark man, um, who isn't evil, but they act like he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, I mean he's, he's kind of a he's dick. He's an antagonist, but no, but, he, he's just, he's a space cop who's been yeah. told to go capture this dangerous world destroying monster. Um, and accidentally captures yeah. a little girl instead, and is fine with that. Yeah, he's a dick, but he's not like a villain technically. Um, I mean, I guess he does kidnap a kid, but you know, mm. <laughs> they're only mosquito food, so it doesn't matter. Mm. Um. But yeah, there's a lot of fun jokes. Um, the the real parts, like the the you know struggling <laughs> to keep family together parts, uh, hits pretty hard actually. Mm. Um, uh, it's just it's just really good because it, it's real in a way most Disney movies just aren't. Like even the good ones, um, they're more 
obviously more like fairy tale than um, true to life story. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, Atlantis is just a very fun adventure um, yeah. movie. Um, and some of the women in it are very hot. Most of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there anything else I need to say about it? No, I mean, I feel like I we mean, must have talked about it before, because it's one of my favorites. Yeah, we, we have. I mean, it's just like, what do you, like, if you like adventure stories, watch yeah. it. Like, that. that's... It's it's just really fun and well put together and amazingly animated. Um, and the all the side characters don't they don't get a lot of time individually, but when they do, like they really make an impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just a lot um, of really well defined, comical, but you know, it still it makes sense that they're part of the team. Yeah, and even they got like some light, you know, like Vinny, the guy who he's the dynamite guy, but he's got this whole backstory about how, like he he was his parents owned a flower shop and he worked at the flower shop and he was bored and then the the building next door blew up and he discovered his passion for exploding <laughs> things. Yeah, I I think he's my favorite of the the side characters. Yeah. Uh, like every, because every line is a, a punchline, and they all work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just laughing, thinking of lines. Um, like it, it, I Atlantis is one of those movies I watch like every five years, and I love it every mm. time. But I don't, I don't really want to watch it more often because I, if I do, the magic might fade. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's one that I watched so many times, you know, in, like, early, mid-teens. You know, it, it's just, it's in there. It's in my brain. Yeah. Yeah, like, we're, we're at the era of Disney where, like, I've seen all of these before. Yeah. But, like, probably, you know, aside from Atlantis and Lilo and Stitch, um... Like, I've seen them all once, like, 20 years ago. Mm. So, um, and, and the, the Pixar movies, I mean, I've, I've seen those a number of times. Um, because I was in grade school <laughs> about this time, so it's like, anytime somebody didn't want to teach, hey, put on a Disney movie. Yep, we're going to watch Finding Nemo in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in, in high school, we watched, like, like weird sex comedies and nobody stopped us. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's like, like, like people would just bring in movies to watch. Like I don't, that like man, public school is wild mm. <laughs> in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so, Treasure yeah. Planet or Finding Nemo? I think those are the other ones. Yeah. I guess Treasure Planet. Yeah. Um, like that one I was lovers. actually able to watch along because normally when you're watching these, I'm, I mean, usually I'm just watching like YouTube videos or something and can't be bothered to turn the TV on. But, yeah. but this time I wasn't busy, so I did actually watch it along, yeah. even though I watched it back on that vacation like a couple months ago. Yeah, I've, I've been giving notice about when I'm watching stuff. 
um, so people can join in if they want. Um, yeah, I mean, Treasure Planet just looks really fucking cool. Mm. Um, and like, it, it's like, yeah, it's ninety percent just Treasure Island. Yeah, um, oh, just yeah. with with cool, like weird, weird anachronistic. <laughs> um, like spacefaring sailboat technology. Yeah, it's it's like the spelljammer style. Of, you know, in D anD D, there's a spelljammer setting, which is basically like Treasure Planet, where, like, yeah, there's just like ships in space, and the explanation is, oh, there's like a magic bubble around it, and it keeps the air inside. So you're doing just like yeah. seafaring tropes, but in space, which a lot of like sci-fi you know action focused sci-fi tends yeah. to be anyway like star trek tends to be like right like naval ships you know battle cruisers at sea except they're in space um where yeah, star, star wars, wars is, you know, more like you know airplane world war Two dogfights in but they're in yeah space. It, it's 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 like aircraft carrier yeah. combat um it, at least what they show in the movies and in Clone Wars, it, they go a little further with it, but yeah. Um, but then, like, and the way sci-fi like, treats planets, it, it might as well be islands in the middle of the ocean because it's like they don't get into all the different biospheres of a planet. It's just oh, we'll go to this planet, yeah. and there's this one place there, and that's the place that we go. So yeah, here's the planetary capital, yeah. and they. They always, like, you take one city and you take the whole planet. Yeah. So you could tell that same story as, like, ships at sea and they travel to the island of Tatooine. And it, it's just, a you know, a, yeah. a, a, an island that's a big desert. Um, and it, it functions just the same. Yeah. So, it, it, like, the idea of, you know... Um, a seafaring story and a spacefaring story. Like, it, I guess it makes sense that they would, you know, translate well from one to another. Yeah. It's a place where you need a vehicle, and if you don't have a vehicle, you die. Yeah, because yeah, if they wanted to tell, like, a serious space story, it would end up being more like Gravity or 2001 or, you know, the, the ones that, like, get yeah. into the weirdness, uh, you know, the relativism of uh, space travel. And that doesn't really work yeah. for adventure stories. You kind of need everything to be happening in a you know normal linear timeline, where nobody has to worry and about it, it, gravimetric distortions or anything. It, it's fun in Treasure Planet how they uh, they treat a black hole like a whirlpool yeah. or a, a maelstrom, uh, whatever they want to call. Yeah, it. and like X marks um, the spot is a planet with two debris yeah. rings around it. Yeah, there's like one like regular Saturn debris ring, and there's like one like weird uh, plasma ring. <laughs> um, yeah, and they're they're perpendicular, so they form an X around the entire planet. That uh, that was a nice touch. Um, let's see. They had the Martin Short robot, who was more annoying than funny. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's their version of Ben the Castaway on uh, yeah the Treasure Island. Um, 
they changed the captain to a, a hot alien woman. Yep. Um, yep, so, cat lady. Yep. We got a cat lady and we got a dog man um, and they hook up. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's amazing how simple it is sometimes, mm. huh? Um, but yeah, I mean, the rest of the story is just a, a good adaptation of Treasure Island where it's like, hey, Long John Silver is my daddy, but he's also a baddie, so... Um, we don't know where we stand, but in the end, it all turns out all right. Mm. <laughs> um, I I do like what you said about the daddy issues part of uh, Treasure Island, which, um, like, yeah, it, it's much more prevalent in modern retellings than it is in the original story. Yeah, yeah, like the original um, one. You know, I I think there's a little bit of like Long John being a friend to. Jim Hawkins, and then there's the betrayal of yeah. finding out he's, you know, planning to mutiny. But um, yeah, it's like more more mentor than father. Yeah, yeah I mean, because that that's like the heart that they can really dig into in adaptations of you know, fleshing out that relationship, and then because there's yeah. already the the moment of betrayal there that complicates it. Um, you know, that they, they can build out a conflict from right that and then yeah and then it becomes a you know daddy issues thing because of the age difference right and i mean they they really put a point on it in uh planet though where like <laughs> they it, they basically say um like jim basically says like yeah i, I never knew my dad <laughs> you know when he's having a conversation and i I think either in that same conversation or like one right after it, uh, Silver's like, "Look, when I look at you, I know you can." Like I, I forget the exact wording. It's like, yeah, yeah, basically like, look, you, I like, I know you can do anything. Um, so like, I believe in you. Basically, yeah. um, it's just the. Uh, that part worked a lot better than I thought it would because uh, Jim Hawkins in this one is basically just like angsty 90s teen. Yeah, yeah extreme um, sports teen. Yeah. Very grungy. Yeah, it, it's very, very Tarzan in that yeah. way. Um, or like, um, I, I think in an extremely goofy movie, like they... There, there's like a skateboarding competition or mm. something. Um, it's, it's like the same things. Like they in the early two thousands, they just threw in a lot of uh, extreme sports. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the Tony Hawk era. Um, yeah, in the Power Rangers movie, they skydive. Yep. Um, but yeah, like like Treasure Planet might be the first, like you know. The first Disney movie on this list that has has a reputation of being like an unsung masterpiece mm. that I actually agree with. Because mm. like Rescuers Down Under, I didn't. Yeah. Like it was, it it was good, but I didn't see it as that. Um, 
kind of the same with Black Cauldron, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, I get why, <laughs> I get why this didn't sell. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's about it. Really good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And I mean, Finding Nemo is Finding Nemo. It, it's. I mean, it's also just kind of a fun adventure story. Um, yeah. Just with less extreme one. Um, but I've I've also found a love of the ocean mm. <laughs> since the last time I watched Finding Nemo, so I, I I can appreciate it. Yeah, like I remember the bonus features from that one. Them talking about how like they had to pull back from going too realistic with the designs because at first they were like, oh, we can like make a perfect looking ocean, but then it doesn't feel like yeah. an animated movie anymore. So they had to like. Find right. a balance between uh, making it cartoony, but also making it like feel like the creatures that they were actually studying to make this movie. Yeah, I I really like the um, school of fish that are mocking Marlin. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that was always a. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah. There's, there's also just like a lot of good gags, mm. especially in the fish tank, um, with Gil, fucking Willem Dafoe. Mm. Yeah, I, <laughs> I completely I didn't forgot. know that was Willem Dafoe until you mentioned it, and I had to look up who, who did Willem Dafoe play in this? Yeah, like for for some reason, I, I think I was thinking of Ice Age, or like I was thinking it was like Dennis Leary or somebody. Yeah. Um, because they, they both got that, like, you know, gruff, uh, authoritative voice. But, um, like, no, it was Willem Dafoe. Like, the first line, I was like, it's Green Goblin. Um, yeah, yeah. I think just because he doesn't do, like, the overacting that Willem Daf- that really, like, stands out for Willem Dafoe. The like, girl yeah. doesn't, doesn't feel like it's him. Because he is just more yeah. of the the serious guy who's uh, leading this uh, escape heist group. Yeah, I do like when they get out at the uh, and they're stuck in bags and they're like, "Well, now what?" <laughs> <laughs> they died. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Th- I it's been a while since I've seen Finding Dory, but I don't remember them being back in that. It's it's Finding Dory a sequel or a sequel. prequel? Because I don't remember. It's okay. a sequel. It's focused on you know, the uh, you know there's like flashbacks to Dory when she first got lost, like you know, away from her parents and didn't have the memory capacity to you know remember how to find them, uh, and then just kind of okay. dealing with that. But yeah, it is it is a sequel. Okay. Um. But yeah, that's all I got. I'm done. Unless you want to talk about football and how much the Patriots suck. Yeah, I mean, again, we're over two hours now, but if you have anything interesting yeah. to say about what? You know, the Patriots falling on their ass or whatever they're doing. They lost 34 to nothing last oh, week. awesome. And the week before, I think they lost like uh, 38 to 30, uh, 38 to 3. Okay. So, so they got... 
half a touchdown. Yeah. The <laughs> uh, okay, so how about this? At the end of every episode, I'll give basic football um, school. Mm. Um, so the way scoring in football works is... Because I thought it was like seven if points. You get to a, or is that if you kick it through the yeah. thingies? There's a, there's a few different ways to score. The most... Like, the, the one you want is a touchdown where you get you get yeah, the ball. You, you run it to the end and, and nobody stops you. Right. And that's worth six points, plus you have an opportunity to either kick a, kick it. Um, you yeah, know, you kick it through the, the big like fork. You kick the ball through the, the goalposts. You get the seventh point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, or you can go for two um, by... Like starting really close to the line and trying to get it in that oh, way. Okay. So you can get for eight, but anywhere between six. Yeah, but you get anywhere between six and eight points. I assume they usually opt for going for seven because it's so hard to, you know, beat through a line of people. Yeah. at that short range. Yeah, it's it's much higher uh, odds on just taking the kick for one yeah. point. Um. But also, if you don't get close enough to get a touchdown, you can kick a field goal. Um, so if you're a little further out and you're about to lose the ball, you can just Drop kick a field goal, field. and if you make it, it's three points. Okay. Okay, so the Patriots pulled one but, of those off and then did nothing else for the rest of the game. Yeah. Yep, they pulled one of those off um, in the first quarter of the game two weeks okay. ago. and they were so busy and celebrating they, they didn't get forgot to play the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they were were they were so happy with those three points that they decided not to score any on the next seven quarters. Yeah, the next six hours of, of the game. Uh, exactly. So there you go. That they're not going to the playoffs. So I don't know how many hours congratulations. Football game normally is. I know baseball games take forever. Because they got nine innings, three to three and a half uh, is an average. Isn't it game. like that? This, this, or am I thinking of basketball? That there's like actually a time limit, but it usually goes longer than that because everybody stops to strategize for a long time. Well, the clock rules in football are really weird. Um, it's like if you throw the ball and it's incomplete, the clock stops. If somebody takes a timeout, clock stops. Yeah. If somebody has the ball and they run out of bounds um, in the last five minutes of a half, the clock stops. Um, like on turnovers, the clock stops. During scoring, clock stops. Yeah. Clock really only runs between plays. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I thought it was something like that. Where, like, yes, there is a yeah. clock, but most of the time they're not on the clock. Yeah. The, the clock only matters in, like, the last five minutes of a half, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and in basketball, <laughs> the clock is just weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Explaining all the clock rules in basketball. Like, the, the last 20 seconds of an NBA game that's close is, like, fucking torture. Mm -hmm. um, because all they do is foul people. Like, let them do free throws. And then they get the ball, and then the other team tries to follow them. <laughs> so, so they, they, because when you uh, 
when you let them free throw, they have a shot at uh, getting two points. Mm -hmm. But maybe they'll just get one, or maybe they'll get zero. <laughs> so it, it's fucking torture. Mm -hmm. Like, close NBA games fucking suck. Uh, anyway, that's, that's basic football knowledge. Um, also, if you're on defense and you make the opponents drop the ball or uh, you, you tackle the opponent um, when they're on their end zone while they have the ball, you get two points. So, okay. Yeah. So I guess the Patriots so, yeah, didn't manage can, to do that at all. They just got their one kick. No. That that's it's pretty rare that that happens. Like it it usually doesn't even happen once in a game. Mm. And if it does happen, like you you barely ever see two in a game unless an offense is just like apocalyptically terrible. Mm. Um but yeah, there you go. Basic football knowledge. You're welcome, everyone listening. All right, so we should probably wrap this one up. All right. Uh, next time. Yeah. I mean, I need to go vote. Oh. <laughs> it's Freedom Day. Okay. Yeah, that's in October. Yeah, it's it's an election day. Oh. Right. I thought those were usually in November. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how my state's government system works. Mm. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. I, I I've taken. Uh, if I'm gonna vote on a thing, I just. I mean, Maine lets you get an absentee ballot for like any vote, pretty much. I think so. I I just get yeah. on the website and have them mail me one of those, and then I fill it in and I mail it back. Yeah. The the polling area is like three minutes away from me, oh. so. It's not going to take long at all. Um, it's just having to get up and go mm. <laughs> is the hardest yeah. part. Like, damn, I have to put deodorant on. <laughs> no, you don't. You can just walk in. <laughs> it's a power move. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you drive everyone just... else out and you get into the booth first. Let, let me look around. I might have some Axe body spray left over from high school <laughs> fucking 15 years ago. You just carry the can with you and spray it in the air as you're walking around. Just... It smells like... Just bring like a... Teenagers. With the fucking Ivan yep. ooze <laughs> that, from the top That's the emptiest stench. It was Axe body spray <laughs> the whole time. Uh, I love doing this show. Uh, uh, okay, yep. well, we're not getting any better not than next that. Next time, uh, so. scary movies and probably other stuff. Maybe we'll post about it. I don't know. I'll just watch whatever from my collection, probably. Yeah. Happy Spoopy Month.
the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>